I want you to do me a favor after the service. All the children, all of Ben and Henry's friends, sixth grade and down, I want you to come up to the platform and stand on the stairs over here with uh, uh, Pastor and Mrs. Taylor. And I want, a, I want a picture with Ben and Henry and all their friends and Grandma and Grandpa right after the service, if that's, if that's okay. I didn't clear that ahead of time. All right, okay. Caitlin, my photographer, she's all ready to go. And we're going to do that right after uh, the service tonight. Brother, Brother Taylor is from Welcome Door Baptist Church in North Carolina. And we are really excited uh, to have you with us this evening. Come preach for us. And I know your, your family is just thrilled. And we are very, very thrilled to have your family with us. And we thank you for allowing us to minister to them. God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor. Well, it's good to be in the house of God on Wednesday night. And I'm from North Carolina, born and raised in North Carolina. And I talk like I'm from North Carolina. So uh, that'll be all right, won't it? A dear, a dear friend of mine, Brother Randy Broadstreet, we went to church together uh, years ago, and the Lord called him into the mission field, and he went to Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And uh, he would go out uh, weeks at a time on deputation and would come back, and I would say, well, how did it go? And when he would come up north, he would, uh, he would say, boy, they enjoyed listening to me talk. <laughs> he said, but they wouldn't support me. But uh, anyway... I want to thank Pastor Bishop and Miss Bishop and the Lighthouse Baptist Church for this opportunity to be with you tonight. I love this church. Pray for this church. Pray for your pastor. And, um, you know, the Lord has really blessed Amanda and Joshua in all of their different duty stations where the army sent him. They always had good pastors. They always found good, fundamental, independent Baptist churches. And... Uh, being out in Hawaii and then in Germany, they had missionary pastors, and so they were in missionary churches, and and uh, they enjoyed their church in Georgia very much. But I can tell you, uh, I've never seen them love a church like they love this church, and I've never seen them love a pastor and a pastor's wife like they love y'all. And we thank you so much for ministering to our family, and uh, this is a great church, and you have a great pastor. And we're so thankful to be here tonight. I'm glad to have my wife with me. And uh, I'm telling you what, she's talking about trying to get retired, and I hope she'll get to travel with me more when I go uh, different places to preach. First Samuel chapter 30 in your Bibles tonight, please. First Samuel chapter number 30. I'd like to read a familiar passage of Scripture to you this evening. I hope it's familiar to you. And I want to bring a message tonight that I brought at Welcome Door back in February. And I brought it in a revival meeting uh, in the middle of February. And I, I just feel led of the Lord to bring it here tonight because it's a message that all of us stand in need of. This, this afternoon, I was listening to Pastor Bishop's message on the culture wars that's going on in our country right now and around our world. And, and, and when we see, we, when we see the, the depravity of man, and it seems to just get worse and worse, which it is, and it's according to the Word of God, we're living in Second Timothy chapter 3. We're there. Just, uh, it's like reading the newspaper. And so tonight I want to bring a message to you on encouragement. And specifically, I want to preach on where may we find some encouragement in the days that we live. 
First Samuel chapter number 30, beginning in verse number 1, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitist, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man, for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your blessing upon the reading of your word and upon our hearing of it. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll fill us and anoint us with power and unction, that we may bring glory and honor to the name of Christ in this message tonight. And we pray that all of us, from the pulpit out to the front door tonight, will be reminded where in the most, uh, the most sad, the most uh, destructive, the most disastrous times, we can find encouragement in the Lord our God. Help us tonight, we pray, in Jesus' name and for His sake, Amen. What a horrible scene of destruction that I just read to you. David and his 600 men are all struck with grief as they make their way back to Ziklag. And uh, when, they, when they get there, they, they find this horrible scene of destruction. Everything's burned up and it's gone. They're their wives and their children have been taken away, and, and they don't know where they are. Everything that they loved, everything that they had is now gone. They're at the lowest part or the lowest point probably in their life to this point. We find that we have to wonder what brought them to this lowest state. You see, this event that I just read to you in 1 Samuel chapter 30 was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back for David and these 600 men. They came to this place, and they seen the destruction, and they cried, and they wept until they had no more tears. Have you ever been like that in your Christian life? Have you ever come to a place where you're so devastated by an event or a series of events in your life that you just couldn't cry anymore? There were just no tears left. This is the condition of David and the 600 men. But you know what brought them to this place? What brought them to this place was fear. Fear on the part of David. You see, David had fallen into a time of depression and discouragement at the relentless attacks that King Saul was leveling against him. 
he felt like that he had, uh, he no longer had any hope uh, of ever surviving these relentless attacks. And he had no more hope that he could ever escape death at the hands of King Saul. And he's been on the run. You know he's been hiding in place after place trying to stay alive. And so finally, he made a decision that some may say, and I say this very carefully, he made a decision that may have appeared to have been a lapse in judgment. He decides to flee to the land of the Philistines, his arch enemy, the arch enemy of Israel. But the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse number 1 that David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in the coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. Once there, he feels a little safer. He, he feels like if I flee into the land of the Philistines that, uh, that Saul will quit pursuing me. He'll get off of my back. He'll quit trying to kill me. And sure enough, that's what happened. Well, when David got over there into the land of the Philistines, he got in good with the king of the land of Gath, Achish. Built a relationship with him and, and got in good with him. And uh, in 1 Samuel 27, in verse number 5, uh, David said to the king, Achish, he said, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? And Achish said, That's a pretty good idea. He said, I'll give you the city of Ziklag. And there and your 600 men who uh, uh, fleed uh, from Israel and came over here, uh, that can be your city. That's where you can reside and that's where you can live and that's where you can thrive. And the Bible tells us later in 1 Samuel 27 and verse number 7 that he dwelt there a full year and four months. And things went along pretty well. Saul was not bothering him. The family was together. All of the men were there together in one city. Things were going pretty good. But you know, the Philistines were a warring people, just like the Israelites were. And in 1 Samuel chapter number 29, the Philistines are going to go to war with Israel. And his princes and his generals of King Achish, they get together and they said, Your Majesty, we want to have a little word with you. And he said, what's, what's wrong? He said, now, you understand who we're going to go fight. We're going to go fight the Israelites. Yes. Is, is there a problem? He said, yeah, there's a problem. He says, you need to send David and those 600 men back to Ziklag and uh, don't take them with us to go fight. Well, why not? He has shown himself to be very, a, very, uh, a very good man. And uh, he's never threatened us or shown us any kind of problems. He said, uh, Your Highness, he said, when we get out there on the battlefield and we get down to where the rubber meets the road, who do you think David and those 600 are going to fight with? You think they're going to fight with us or you think they're going to fight with those Israelites? And so reluctantly, King Achish meets with David and says, Well, 
he says, um, I got some bad news for you. He said, I'm not going to be able to use you in, in this particular series of battles that we're going into with, with your own people. Uh, you're going to need to, to leave. You're going to need to go back to Ziklag and just lay low and, and stay out of this battle with us. And so we come to 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is where they have, this is where they were coming from when they arrived back to Ziklag. So David is disappointed. He's a little discouraged that, uh, that though he was a good man with those people and had not done them any wrong or any harm, he finds himself having to go back to the city of Ziklag. And when he gets there, those Amalekites have come through there, pillaged the city, burned it with fire. All their homes are gone. All their possessions are gone. And, and looking around, there's no people left in the city. Their wives, their children, their sons and daughters, they're all, they're all gone. And they begin to weep, and they begin to cry, and they began to lament, and they cried so much that they had no more tears, no more power within them to weep. And then, like the old saying says, to add insult to injury, the 600 start, they start getting together and talking, and they say, you know, this is all David's fault. You know, he's the one that led us over here to begin with. And we listened to him. We thought he was doing the right thing. And we thought we had it going pretty good. But, but look, at, look, at, look at how things are now. The man of God, he's the one that's at fault. And they started talking about stoning David. So David is about as low as he could go. Now here's the message. David was needing some encouragement. David was needing to find some someone to encourage him. But who was going to encourage him? Well, his family wasn't going to encourage him. They had all been taken captive. They're now they're now they're now uh, slaves to the Amalekites. They couldn't help him. The Israelites weren't going to help him. He had forsaken them and left and went to the land of the Philistines. And now his dearest friends, his men, the 600, they're not going to help him. They're ready to stone him. You know, the circumstances are always different. But there are so many people in our world today that live with that kind of depression and that kind of discouragement. They think they have come to the end of their rope, the end of the line. There's no hope. There's no one left that can help. And sadly, many of them turn to suicide. A permanent solution to a temporary problem. And they feel like that's the only way that they've got left out. And what is so sad about that is that, my friend, the Lord can be that one that will encourage you. But you have to reach out to Him. You have to come to where He is, and that's in His Word, in the house of God, listening to the man of God. 
If you watch the television and, and you read the newspapers or, or the magazines that are out here, you're not going to find any encouragement in those things. They're just going to add to your depression and to your discouragement. And let me tell you something. Discouragement is one of the greatest tools in Satan's tool bag that he loves to use on the people of God. But we find it here in the Lord. David would find his encouragement here in verse number 6. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And and, and we as pastors stand up before our congregations and, and try to inspire you and try to encourage you through the Word of God and say, and say, and find your encouragement in the Lord and the Lord can help you. But what do we mean? David found encouragement in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. But what did he do to find that encouragement? Number one, I want you to look with me in verses 7 and verses 8 of 1 Samuel chapter 30. The Bible tells us here that as soon as the men started speaking of stoning him, and he, he's as down as he's going to go, the Bible says in verse 7, And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar, Abiathar brought hither the ephod to David. Now the ephod was part of the priest's garment. And uh, it spoke of prayer. When we see David calling for of the ephod of the priest to come, uh, that is speaking about getting a hold of God. Because look in verse number, the, uh, the, the first part of verse number 8, what David was going to do with that ephod. And David inquired at the Lord. Let me tell you something, my friend, tonight, I, I certainly don't know your situation. There, I, I don't even know all of your names, much less your life and your situation. But I want to tell you the first step to take to finding some encouragement in your discouragement, to find some help uh, when you feel like you're helpless and hopeless, is to take that thing to the Lord in prayer. To get on your face before God and start crying out to Him. That's where you're going to find your help at tonight. He inquired of the Lord. That's how He That's how he began to encourage himself in the Lord. You see, he found his encouragement in God's promises. He sought the Lord. And look, the Lord gave him a promise. It worked. The Lord heard him and the Lord responded to him. Verse 8, David inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Lord, what do I do? Do I go after them? Or Lord, do we just sit over here in Ziklag and lick our wounds and just hope and pray that someday, somehow they'll find their way back? Do you want me to pursue them? Do you want me to overtake them? And the Lord immediately responds and He answered him, Pursue! That's the Word of God. He said, Pursue! For thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail... Recover all. Boy, now that's a promise of God that encouraged David. I pray to my God, what do I do? He said, you go after them. Those are your wives. Those are your children. You're responsible. You go after them. 
But He said, I'll give you this promise. He said, I'll go with you. And He said, when you get over there, you're going to overtake them. And you're not only are you going to overtake them, but you're going to bring back everything they took away from you. Now, my friend, if you can't find encouragement in that kind of a promise, I don't know what you're going to find encouragement in. And so David acted on the promise of God. And so in verse number 9, the Bible says, So David went, he and the 600 men, he must have talked them out of stoning him and talked them into going with him. I'm sure the Bible doesn't record it here, but I'm sure David got with him and said, Look, men, I've got a hold to the Lord. I'm sorry about what's happened. I know this is bad, but God has promised me if we'll go after them, we'll find them and we'll get everything back they took away from us. And so they didn't wait around. They didn't have a 10 or 20 day prayer meeting about it. They took off right away. And the Bible says that he, he started out and when he came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed, David immediately has got an obstacle to face. He's got 200 sick men in his army. And they can't go on. Now, you know, the Bible tells us that we must walk by faith. Four times in the Bible it says, The just shall live by faith. God makes us walk by faith. And so, just as they're starting out, boy, they're... Whew, they're on fire. They got the promise of God uh, that, that, that they're going to overtake them and they're going to get everything back. Let's go. And, and all of a sudden, 200 of them say, we, we're not going to be able to make it. We're sick. David says, well, what am I going to do now? So David took 400 men and he hung on to the promise of God and he took off and he, he left those 200 behind And as he was going along on the promise of God, God sent him a second thing to encouragement, to encourage him. And that was not the promises of God, but this time he sent the providence of God to encourage him. Boy, I believe in the providence of God. God working behind the scenes, working out things that are above and beyond anything we can think of. And and look here with me in verse number 9. We'll find the providence of God, or excuse me, verse 10. And the Bible says here, but David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint they couldn't go over the brook be sore. Look at verse 11. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him, uh, made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he'd eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, Whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to the Amalekite, and my master left me because because three days agone I fell sick. Now this is the providence of God. All David's got right now is a promise. But he don't know where he's going. He don't know how far he's going to have to travel. And 200 men in his army have took sick. And in the providence of God, out there in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, God's got this little Egyptian boy out there. Boy, I thank God for a little Egyptian. All of us need a little Egyptian in our life. Amen? 
I mean, God put this young man in David's life just at the right time. He fed him. He gave him water. He nourished him back up. He said, now, who are you? Uh, who do you belong to? He said, I was a servant of them Amalekites, but my master left me here for dead. That's exactly what he did. He said, he left me for dead. Boy, in a light bulb, the Lord turned a light bulb on in David's head, and David said to Malachites, huh? He said, you know where them rascals are? He said, I sure do. He said, I bet you can take me down there to him. He said, I bet you I can too. He said, but you're going to have to make me a promise. What's that? He said, you're going to have to promise me, in verse number 15, you've got to swear unto me by God uh, that you won't kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master when I take you down there. David said, you got a deal, buddy. <laughs> Whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that promise of what we're going to get when we get there. And now, Lord, thank you for your providence that you've put us in the hands of a, of a man that can carry us where we're going. He said, this is exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. And my friend, tonight you can count on God to always be there for you and not only give you the promises of God in His Word for you to, to find as you read His Word and as you seek His face, but as you go out here through life, you're going to walk right into His providence one of these days and you're not even going to realize it, but God has worked out something just for you right when you needed it. I'm glad we sung those songs tonight, brother. Those encouraging songs about a wonderful Savior is He. And so we see that he, he got encouraged in the promise of God. He got encouraged in the providence of God. And let me say this thirdly. He got encouraged by the precepts of God, the Word of God. You say, well, he didn't have a Bible to carry with him. No, but let me tell you something. This is God's Word. And God's Word said uh, that to, to, to David that you go, you pursue, and I'm going to give you back everything that you've lost. Now, he believed God's Word, and God's Word encouraged him. Would you look with me right down here in verse number 18? <clears throat> Just simply don't have time to go through all of these Scriptures but when we come down to verse number 18, David has arrived over there where they're, where they're hiding out, where they're camped out, those Amalekites. That little Egyptian that God sent him just when he needed him, that led him right to him. And the Bible talks about how David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And not one man escaped. Say 400, which rode camels and fled. And look at verse number 18, please. And verse number 19. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Isn't that what the Lord told him back yonder in verse 9 and verse number 10? You do what I tell you to do. You, you take off by faith and you go pursue them. And when you get there, you're going to find them. You're going to defeat them. You're going to overtake them. And you're going to get back everything they took away from you. I expect David's feeling pretty encouraged right about now. He's got everything back. 
He's found encouragement in God's promises. He's found encouragement in God's providence. He's found encouragement in God's precepts. He found encouragement in God's provisions and God's protection. Let me give you this last thing. He found his encouragement in God's present. I didn't say God's presence. He found his encouragement in God's present. You see, David was still an Israelite. He wasn't going to stay in Ziklag the rest of his life. One day soon, he was going to be these guys' king. And he was going to rule and reign from, from the throne in Jerusalem, and he was going to become Israel's greatest king. There had to be some reconciliation. There had to be some making things right. And so after God has worked everything out, they make their way back. And I want you to look in verse number 26. And when David came to Ziklag, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. Well, preacher, that's great. Good for them. Hallelujah. But how does that encourage me? Well, you don't have to turn to it. But I want to read you a verse tonight. I want to read you a verse tonight that if you're seeking encouragement in your life tonight, perhaps you're at the end of your rope and there's no light at the end of your tunnel right now and things seem bad. They're not as bad as they seem because God's got a present for you. And John told us about it in John chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Jesus said, My Father, which gave them me, God gave you Jesus. What a Savior. God gave you Jesus. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You know, this old book right here is just as true as it can be. And, And from way back in the Old Testament tonight, we found a man who was as low as he could be. Would have to look up to see bottom. But God says, you, you go do what I tell you to do. You go pursue them. You walk by faith. You trust in my promises. And, and in my providence, I'll lead the way and make the way. And He says, I will give you what I have promised you. And it's all in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we thank You, Lord, for the great encouragement we find in the characters of the Bible 
And we, we watch and see how that you worked in their lives. And we know that the Bible says you're no respecter of person. And dear Lord, what you did for David in that pursuit of the Amalekites and the great victory that you not only brought into David's life personally, but into the lives of all of his men and into the lives of all of his family and finally into the lives of all of his nation. What a wonderful Savior you are to us. And for those here tonight, Lord, that are needing encouragement, I pray they'll find it in Jesus Christ. And it is in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus that I make this prayer. Amen. Pastor, you come right on. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And perchance uh, you're here tonight and you're a bit discouraged. You just want to come to the altar and do what David did and seek God's face. I ask you to stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. We'd be delighted to talk to you about heaven. But as the piano plays the time of invitation, I just feel like it'd be good for us to be at the altar tonight. You're discouraged. You want somebody to pray for you? You want the preacher to pray for you? I'll be glad to do that. You obey. You obey as God speaks. There is power in prayer. And the place of prayer is the place to flee. And I encourage you to do that tonight.